as we wait upon the Lord. <clears throat> Been singing that a lot recently, haven't we? Anybody done it? It's going to be interactive this morning, folks. I'm sorry. If... <clears throat> but it says that strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. It's based on Isaiah 40. And uh, this morning, uh, you know, it's quite difficult. You have Armistice Day, you have communion, you have, you know, these excellent presentations. It, it, it can be, it can be close as we wait upon the word of God. But uh, those things are important. But let's just now focus in on the word of God, because I've got some very good news for everyone here this morning. And that is that I believe that we are going to see a measure of a move of the presence of God here this morning. I genuinely believe that. been praying towards it, working towards it, um, prepared my notes faithfully. And then as the week was progressing up to today, I just had a sense that God was saying, no, that, that, that's not where I want you to go today. I want you to come right back to an encounter with Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. Father God, I want to thank you for Jesus. I want to thank you for the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, I want to open ourselves up now to hear your voice. That you would teach us your word. And that we would apply your word to our lives. Father, we would be impacted and that we would leave differently. In Jesus' name. We sing that song, I will let the walls come down. Come on, folks. What a joke. How many of us really let the walls come down? We don't. Come on, let's be real. When Jesus comes to us, when he speaks to us, do we let the walls come down? It's challenge time. It's challenge time. You know, we live our lives based on the word of God. This is truth. And it hits the walls of my experience and my hurt and my pain and my heartache and all the, all the stuff I hide behind. Let the word come into our hearts. Then we'll be changed. Then we'll see the 46 that came to the fireworks come on Sunday because they want to know about Jesus. Let the walls come down. More than conquerors we heard about this morning. <laughs> Captives can be free today, as Kay said. Do we believe it? Do you believe, do you honestly believe captives can be free? Do you believe that? Yes. Now, I know Kay does, and I know Fred does. Yeah? Can, it can be free. As I was preparing, this, preparing, I just sensed that there are folks who are saying, well, I'm going to this healing conference in a month's time, and I'm going to get prayed for by, mm. Or I'm going to this mission in so many weeks' time, I'm going to get prayed for, but, mm. But how about an outbreak of the anointing and the power of God in church, in the body, week to week? Isn't that what we long for? Not just to go off to the downs, not just to go off to Bible week, but week after week in cell, over coffee, sitting in the car, driving to Tesco's to see the authentic power of God break into our lives. That, I think, is what I'm going to go for. <clears throat> ben White came here and said something very um, foolish. Lord, disrupt us. Well, he's going to this morning. And I've checked my heart that it's not about me. It's about the Lord. So don't be frightened. Don't panic. We're safe. This is family. We can rest in that. But let's just let the walls start to come down. Say, Father, this is your word. You know, it's half an hour. I'm going to hear what you have to say to me. You know Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, yes. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God 
was with him. Brothers and sisters, we are the church. We are the body. We have Jesus in us. We have the very power of God in us. We have the anointing of God upon us. And we can go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. All who are oppressed. All who are downcast. All who are heavy. We have that power. We don't feel it. And that's probably a good thing. We don't feel it. Feel nothing. But we have that power according to the word of God. Why? Because God is with us. Repeat after me. God is with us. Hallelujah. God is with us. Yes. So we're going to, this morning, not look at unity, (laughs) but we're going to look at having an encounter with Jesus. And uh, so if you turn to John chapter 4, and um, we'll we'll see how we get on. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who was baptizing, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down on the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? For his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. If only, my friends, we could open our eyes and see that Jesus sometimes is right there. If we could only see, we would ask. We would ask. And he would give us living water. Not a stake, not a stone, living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you are now with is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. You're right there, dear. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come, underline, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit And in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. 
God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus then declared, I who speak to you am he. That bit isn't in the Bible, but... Um, Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I who speak to you am he. All I've done is been kicked out of my town, get water on my own, and now I've met the Messiah. And Samaria isn't the right place to worship anyway, if you know your history, which I won't go into. Isn't that amazing? None of us are discounted, no matter how insecure you feel. Just then his disciples returned, and they were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have bought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now the harvests Sorry, even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I send you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the women's testimony. He told me everything I ever did, she said. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. One of the greatest truths in the Bible, all encapsulated in a put-down. I don't believe because of you anymore. I've met him. And brothers and sisters, when we start seeing the move of God, we start seeing the anointing flow, we start seeing people healed, raised up, financial position, uh, provision come in and so forth. When people turn to us and say, oh, don't need you anymore, we, we found him for ourselves. Don't be offended. Because of the increase of his kingdom and government, there will be no end. That's why God's always dealing with our heart and with our motives and our emotions and all the stuff that messes us up in church it's not him it's the stuff inside us get dealing with that and suddenly there's a much bigger roadway for god to move and operate in oh hallelujah so this is all about jesus and it's about jesus going out of his way to meet us and to draw us in and to reveal our hearts because his word reveals our hearts because he wants to restore us in relationship with him, as well as folk in the world who we're reaching out to. See, this isn't an account of Jesus trying to solve the issues. Right, we're going to sort out the Samaritan worship, because that's all messed up. We're going to sort this out. 
Jesus isn't interested in that. He's interested in this lady. He was after her very, very heart. See, we're programmed to ask questions, aren't we? Why is this? Why is that? You know, come back after the break and we'll tell you whether Mrs. Smith's cat jumped over the fence. You know, questions all the time. Questions, questions, questions. And we start demanding questions of God. Lord, why is there so much suffering? Lord, why didn't Mrs. Bloggs get saved? Questions, questions, questions. It's about relationship with Jesus. It, It sounds a bit twee, but I really believe as we focus on the cross, as we focus on Jesus, some of all this stuff isn't actually that important. <clears throat> if the Samaritan worship was that important, Jesus would have dealt with it. He was more interested in this lady. And he wasn't interested in this lady so the city could get saved. He was interested in this lady. <clears throat> if you look at your maps, and um, if you're under 14 and you're bored, you probably are at the back of your Bible, you'll see that Jesus didn't actually need to go through this place, but that's one for another day. But verse 5 is very interesting because they come to Jacob's well. Now, I'd like to briefly turn to Genesis 26, 18 to 22. I wish I had two hours on this one, but this is fantastic. Story of Abraham and Isaac. Context is fantastic. Um... The context is that um, Isaac has sown in a time of famine and in the same year has reaped a hundredfold. As a nation, we are in a time of famine, so let's keep sowing because we will reap 100-fold in the same year, all in the same book. He lies about his wife being his sister. What a great man of God. So he's, he's doing the word of God and also he's ducking and diving. Remind you of anyone? So let's read. Let's read. I do need a bigger Bible. So let's read uh, Genesis 26, verse 18. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the same in the same time of. Shall I try again? Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the same time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. That's significant. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gera quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, the water is ours. So they named the well Esk because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. And he moved on from there and dug another well and no one quarreled over it. Hallelujah. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. That is the word of God for someone here today. I guarantee it. This is what God says. Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Ducking and diving, moving around from place to place. Now, now, now is the time. This is the time. This is where you're going to grow. This is where you're going to blossom. Don't need to go anywhere else. This is where you're going to grow and blossom. So the names of the well. The first, the first well, um, the, the word means dispute. The second well, the, the meaning is opposition. The third meaning of the well, the third well is room, as in space. As in space. <clears throat> you know, as we walk through issues and walk away from conflict... And start again, it could be the very way in which God 
makes room for us. We've had to learn that. We've really gone for things in God. And this goes around the world, so I can't give any details. You go for things in God, and sometimes you dig the well, someone fills it up, you go back and dig it out, and they fill it up. Sometimes you just move, and you dig another well where there's good water, and there the Lord will make room for you. The Word of God says a man's gift makes room for him. The gifting in this church, men and women in this church, your gifting There will be room for your gifting. There will be room for your gifting. You know, it's hard when experiences hone us, you know, and chop us and knock the edges off. But we come into a place of fruitfulness because of the preparation that God has worked in our hearts and worked in our practical lives too. Now, verse 6 is great. Um, In my version, it says, Jesus was weary from his journey. It was probably about 12 one o'clock. And uh, so Jesus was weary from his journey. Anyone here weary this morning? Anyone here weary? Come on, hands up high if you've got the energy. Right. Okay. We're going to give you some water. Can you help me with this, dear? Because Jesus asked for a drink. So... Put your hands up again. You want one? Great, you want one now. Betty. Okay. So Jesus was weary from his journey, and it was okay for him to stop. Now, I say this to everybody today. Often... We get busy and we get weary. And what do we do? We keep going because we've got to keep going. Hands up. Who else is weary? Weary? Peter? Sorry. Okay. You finished it already? Is that lovely? Okay. Let us as a... Right, now, we're going to pray as you drink, okay? So... Us, the church, everyone else in the church, let's pray. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters who are weary. Father, we pray that as they drink, they will not just have natural drink, but, Father, they would, they would draw something supernatural from the very presence of God. The Holy Spirit, you will bring life, health, refreshment, vitality, energy, clarity of thought, and peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So Jesus was weary from his journey. Drink and enjoy. <clears throat> you know, he didn't cry out to God for, for supernatural strength. Oh, God, I need your strength. He just sat down. Men of God, sometimes we need to just sit down. Okay? We need to just sit down. He didn't press in to prove God's anointing and power. I can work my way through this. He just sat down. He didn't request prayer. He simply rested and asked others to serve him. A mark of a man or a woman of God is when you're humble enough to say to someone, can you help me? Oh, that's a lot harder than it seems. So then this woman came to the well. 
I guess most of us know the story. The woman was probably ostracised, probably out of the community because of her relationships. Normally you'd get water in the morning or the evening, not in the heat of the day. I think we're pretty clear on this. But this lady almost certainly was lonely, vulnerable, abused, friendless, excluded. Maybe her boyfriend had sent her out to get the water. And as she approached Jesus, oh great, oh great, there's a man sitting at the well. Great, I'm going to get another mouthful now. You know what these men are like. He's going to have a go at me and have a pop at me or he's going to make inappropriate remarks. He might attack me. He might take advantage of me. That's what she saw as she walked towards it. Jesus didn't do that. Now here's another interesting point. Jesus knew her name. Why? Because he created her. But do you notice something else? He didn't say to her, Esmeralda, give me a drink. He just said, woman, give me a drink. I think I've got an idea. He didn't want to freak her out. When you move in the gifts of the Spirit, you know, you see, you just see there's somebody here with a headache and everything. That's great. There's someone here with this. this that's fantastic. Amen. Pray for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. However, we have to be very careful not to manipulate or abuse the spiritual gifts. You know, there's somebody here, and your name is Frank. And the person whoa! Sometimes that very process can... can, can can cut people off rather than drawing them in. You know, you put a bit of fish into a hot pan and go, and it all comes up like that, or a piece of meat, which is why you have to let it rest. So as we start moving, and I'm speaking that we are moving in the spirit of God, we're moving in the presence, we don't mess about, does that happen? Yes, it does. That we actually need to not overuse the spirit, the the gifting. Do you see what I mean? So you think, and you say, well, I, I knew someone would come down the road. You'd have a green jumper, a pink tie, spotted things. A grand piano fell on your foot this morning. Your name's Arthur. That's amazing. We can freak people out. So let's, let's use the gifts of God, but let's not frighten people because sometimes God can speak to us and we don't actually have to fill that person in on the complete detail because it can close them down. I was, I was having a, a horrible, horrible, horrible back massage in Sri Lanka many years ago. And this bloke said, relax, 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 relax. It's terrifying. So let's, let's just be wise when we, when we move. And us preachers can do it as well. We can spend 20 minutes saying how we were seeking God and how he spoke to us. No, just, just share the word. Just share the word. Now the word disciple, uh, the word apostle means sent one. Great, sent, sent to the nations. No, sent to the wimpy bar. Go and get some food. You know, Mark, mark of leadership when you're sent. It's not always to the kingdom, to, to, for the kingdom. Sometimes it's just to go and buy a loaf of bread. Coffee and chaos, what happens? Steve goes out and buys the milk, you know. Sent one. <laughs> so let's... Uh, and, it, and, and the other amazing thing is that only a few days afterwards, there's 5,000 fed. Jesus didn't send them to go and get food. The little boy had his lunchbox, which, as we know, is the first miracle in the Bible. He hadn't eaten it. And that became 5,000 plus 12 baskets. So one day Jesus says, go and get food. Another day he says, you give them something to eat. We need to hear the Holy Spirit. Only do what the Father is doing. Oh, I know what we do now. We send, some, we send the disciples off to get meat. No, we don't. You say to them, what are you going to give them? You see, so again, it's learning to, to move and, and to just be sensitive because Jesus only did what, he, what the Father was saying. So the Father said, son, send them off. I need to save a city. And the way I'm going to save the city is to get rid of the leaders. 
<laughs> Just going to leave it to you. Fantastic, isn't it? Now, this, this lady, this woman that came, let, let's look very briefly at the state she was in. She was abused, we know. She had a hard time. She had all sorts of emotional stuff going on. She really was in a bit of a pickle. I don't really think she was in a great place to receive. You know? You have this, you say, oh, I've come to church today and I don't feel very well. I'm sick and I'm really worried about this family issue and I'm fearful about that. And, oh, that person five years ago, if I ever, you know, you know. And you know, we're not in a great place to receive. But you see, when she meets Jesus, when she meets Jesus and he starts just loving her and just treating her with respect, it's like this highway is open and she can start to receive. This morning, no matter what the anxiety, fear, sickness, pain, family, trauma, you know, stuff that is too complicated to explain, Jesus, even that can come right into that, can still, you can still be healed this morning. You can still be healed this morning. You can still be set free this morning. I can be healed this morning. I can be set free this morning. doesn't matter how messy it is. See, Jesus, Jesus just spoke to her. I mean, isn't he good? He just spoke to her. He was weary, but he spoke to her. In all the mess, he's just natural. He just talks to her. Just breaks all the way through that. So Jesus, she responds to Jesus. She didn't leave her water pot. She didn't run off. She was actually held in there. Well done, her. She didn't go, oh, this is freaking me out and run off. Sometimes you sometimes feel Jesus is freaking you out. You sometimes feel he's challenging you a little bit, a little bit and you want to run. Good time to stay. Good time to stay. You see, Jesus is now getting her attention. And he says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, I mean, isn't that amazing? That Jesus said that to this one lady. I just think that's absolutely staggering. In the natural, something so supernatural was happening. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is, now's his time. He goes right to the heart of the matter. He goes right to the jugular. He hits her with all this incredible spiritual truth. Now there would have been scribes, Pharisees, kings, Roman governors, you name it, lining up for a one-to-one with Jesus. They wanted to meet with Jesus. They wanted to ask him all these questions and everything else. And yet he gives all of this truth to this one lady. You see, the more we discount ourselves, the more we're qualified. If, that, if this tells us anything, who, who would you have gone to if you were Jesus? Maybe the Roman governor or someone important. He goes to an insignificant unloved, uncared for, abused, ignored lady. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And that's why we, he can come to us. Okay, we might not be abused and hassled and all the rest of it, but he comes to us. Every single person in this room, everyone listening to this, you, you are included. And the more you feel you're not, you are. You're in. Jesus wants to talk to you. He starts communicating on a spiritual realm. And, and she can see there's something, there's something different about this guy. But there's still something in there. Well, you need me, Jesus. I mean, you've got nothing to draw with. I mean, you know, you need me. I mean, you're not, far, you're not greater than our father, Jacob, boy. I mean, come on. <laughs> maybe a bit cynical, maybe trying to protect herself a bit. And she starts giving him stri- scriptural background. 
she starts trying to teach Jesus. Oh boy. (laughs) But Jesus is very gracious. In verse 13 and verse 14, he says... Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I won't get thirsty and won't have to keep coming here. See, Jesus is very gracious. He doesn't thank her for her biblical lecture. He just shares what he's got to offer. Do you meet sometimes, you're meeting with people? Yeah, but, you know, what about all the sickness in the world? And what about this? And, oh, yes, and they're giving you all this spiritual and all this biblical stuff to say, hey, I'm offering you Jesus. In simplicity, I'm just offering you Jesus. I'm offering you living water. What I have, I give you. That's all I can do. Don't get caught up in all that stuff. You know, she wants in now. She, she oh, I want some of this. I want some of this. And and Jesus also isn't distracted. The fact he's on a bit of a roll. Yeah, getting in there, you know, a few words of knowledge, doing well here, here, look at this. I'm on my way here. Not at all. He keeps his focus entirely on the Father's heart for this lady. But he knows that for her to fully receive, it's time to address the issue that is really doing her head in. (laughs) Dear friends, I believe Jesus wants to start dealing with the issues in our lives that are really doing our head in. Okay? Foundations can't be built on rubbish dumps. They can't be. It could be stuff from years. I'm not going to start digging and everything, but we know in our heart of hearts we're moving on with God. We're doing this, we're doing that. But we still know. We still know. I'm not talking about necessarily about sin, maybe something from the past or whatever. There's something, it's very hard to build on an unstable foundation. There's always this slight feeling that God will let me down because that happened. There's always this, Jesus wants to get right in to that situation. And he invites her to come back to him. And he says, go call your husband. And she is partially honest with him. She says, sir, I have no husband See, Jesus wasn't afraid that her reaction could close down the whole encounter. That's the risk we have to take sometimes when it's in the Holy Spirit to then take that next step. But it doesn't close down. You're a man. It's all right for you. You're a Jew. It's all right for you. You haven't gone gone through all the abuse I've been through. do, Do you know what it's like to be let down by a man? Do you know what it's like in this culture? You have no idea. Jesus just wants to just wants to draw it all out. Because if he doesn't draw it out, that's going to stifle all of her relationships in the future, all of our relationships. In the end, when the pressure's on, we will default. I was let down when I was 13. Okay, I feel right. You know, Jesus really wants to get to the heart. Not in a big bang crash way, he just wants to minister to us to get us free so we can move on. Not make, not make an altar out of our problem, but just... Jesus, there we go. Help me with it. Now I want to move on. Newness of life. That's the promise. And, and I know for me, when, when, when people have spoken into my life and stuff, it's really hard. But if you go with the flow, 
you'll grow, you'll become stronger, and also you'll know that you're loved. Because people really love you when they tell you the truth. But anyway, Jesus moves, he commends her for her honesty, and he moves on. But she's just undone. Jesus, Jesus has just left her completely undone. <clears throat> but she doesn't run away. She hangs on in there. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had situations recently where you think, I want to run away from this. It, it, it is, uh, this is really hurting a bit too much now. This is, sorry. But I'm going to hold on because I believe that God is good. I will see the, I will see the light of the God in the land of the living. I can't remember the scripture. Is that right? Yeah. You know, God is good. He's my father. Jesus died for me. I'm filled with his spirit. I'm in his family. I'm accepted in the beloved. I am more than a conqueror. He loves me. He died for me. He gave himself for me. His grace is upon me. It's all Jesus. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. So verse, oh dear, this is great, isn't it? Don't you just love verse 20? Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Here's the default mechanism. Let me just tell you a few things that are wrong with the church. Okay, You're telling me about my attitude, but let me tell you a few things that are wrong with this church. Let me tell you about, and off we go, don't we? My protection mechanism. Well, cell group. <laughs> don't. No. No. No, 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 no. no. Don't react to that. Allow Jesus to work on you. You know, I, in the end, I just say, Jesus, I've had five husbands. Yup. Yup. Here I am. I've had five husbands. Worship is important. That's for one for another day. She says to Jesus, she said, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he comes... He will explain everything. Hello? Hello? You know Messiah is coming. Hello? He's here. I know God will move one day at Beacon. Uh, one day. You know, we're praying for it. You know, thousands will come. You know, uh, hello? I know Jesus heals not on Sunday morning because you need a, an evening meeting when it's dark and a bit more emotional. Then you can get healed. Uh, you know, no, hello? Hello? Jesus is right there and he says and he says I'm here I who speak to you am he or I am would have been even better that would have really freaked her out wouldn't it Jesus I'll let you into a little secret did you know the Holy Spirit can actually heal people on a Sunday morning during a church meeting I know we're programmed for Saturday evenings and you know he can do it right now because he loves us, because he comes to us, because he draws out his hand to us and wants to draw us in. I'm going to have to skip lots, unfortunately. (laughs) Unless you want to stay till two, I'll be here. Well, of course, the disciples turn up, don't they? Blooming marvellous. Don't you find that you're just just making progress and then everyone else turns up? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to jump down. <clears throat> Jesus talks about sowing and reaping. I'm, I'm going to cut that out. But sa- simply to say that, Jesus said, you know, 
Open your eyes. The fields are white for harvest. Now, I've had friends that have been to Israel and they say that the, the people there wear white and they come out. And there's probably all that, which is fantastic. But it's harvest time. It's time to harvest. Yes, to harvest people getting saved, but also to harvest. It's time to put the sickle in and reap where we've gone for healing, where we've gone for freedom in our families, where we've gone for salvation, where we've gone for financial things. It is time to reap. It is time to reap. And it is time to sow. Both and. Both and. The woman went back to the city. In my version, it said she went to the men of the city. (laughs) It's quite interesting. And she says, I found a man. (laughs) I mean, the Bible's so funny. Oh, yeah, so this this is number six, you know. I found a man. Oh, yeah, she's found a man. And um, she probably got to the city gates first, which is where the elders sat. So it's interesting to see their reaction. But she said, he told me everything that I ever did. No, he didn't. Not that we're told. That's an interesting one, isn't it? But she had such, he had so opened her and so revealed what's in her. That is what she believed. And if that's what she believed, it's good enough for me, because it's in the book. And what's, um, let me just briefly, I'm trying, I'm missing out a whole stack here. Just in verse 40, um, the Samaritans came to Jesus and urged him to stay with them for two days. You see, Jesus had turned up, met with the lady, she got saved, met with Jesus. Others came as a result of what she said. Then Jesus was invited to stay. Obvious point, which I won't make. He was invited to stay. And, and as we offer Jesus to people, they will want more of him. They will be introduced to him and they will meet him for themselves. Jesus is the word of God. So yes, we can use our testimony, but also when we share with folk, let's use the word of God. So if I tell them for, if I have an hour with someone, I spend 59 minutes telling them that I was in witches' covens and I was a spirit medium and I did yoga and all the rest of it. And then Jesus healed me and everything's fine now. How many of those have we been to? Yes, tell them what difference he's made in your life. How, is, how Jesus is relevant to, to, to going to Tesco's and driving your car. And, and, and think, t- tell people relevant, but also use the word of God. Because as we know, it's sharp and any two-edged swords divide between soul and sparrow. Soul, soul and sparrow? Soul and spirit, joints and marrow, able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You'll never forget the sparrow now, will you? Does, does Jesus care about sparrows? Yes. Does he? How do you know? It says so in the Bible. <laughs> okay. He does. Were you ever like me as a little boy, came out of Sunday school, and you looked for a dead sparrow in, in the hedgerow just to see? No? Oh, I, I was weird that way. <laughs> but as I say, the, the, ulti- the ultimate, the ult- ultimately, the, the lady, we don't know what happened to her, but all we know is they said to her, We've met him for ourselves now, so it's not because of you. We know him for ourselves. That's a tough one. Maybe in the past you've given a lot of energy and life and service to people, and then they've gone and joined another church ten miles away. And you're thinking, oh, I already put some energy into that. I already put some effort into that. But be sure 
you're doing God's work, you're walking in his ways, so it's okay. So it's okay. <clears throat> so what, where, where have we come to? Jesus meets us in the ordinary. He will, and, and, and Jesus will challenge us, but hang on in there if you feel vulnerable or you feel offended by what Jesus is doing in your life. He'll always challenge us in worship. Jesus will always see the bigger picture, not just my little world here, but he'll see the bigger picture and where I and we fit into that. And others' observations of me will not always be gracious. And for you too, you might step out in God and people might walk over it. That's hard, but you stepped out in God. That's the key thing. That person will have to deal with their reaction. So finally, our response. What is Jesus saying to me personally today? What is Jesus saying personally to me today? Is he challenging something in my lifestyle? Is he offering me freedom from the fear of man? Am I thirsty for more of God? Do I want to come right now and receive water that he gives? Jesus offers us a relationship with our Father in heaven. That comes via repentance, through salvation. There can be healing and there can be breakthrough right now. Despite sickness, anxiety, the meat's on, the Grand Prix's on, you're visiting so-and-so this afternoon, whatever. Those things are all important. You can still receive right now from Jesus. Even if you feel sick, tired, fed up, you can still receive from Jesus because he loves people. He loves us. And as I said earlier, for someone here today, it's time to re-dig a well because God has given you room. God is giving you room. And it's time to re-dig the well. And it won't be filled up by your enemies. Now is the time. Freedom and supply and refreshment for you. The final thing I would say, it's interesting that the kids are doing Naaman out the back as well. But in Naaman, <coughs> went to Elisha uh, because he had leprosy, you know the story, and he wanted to be healed. And the servant came to the door and he said, oh yeah, go and, um, go and dip in that muddy old river down the road, you'll be fine. You know, knock yourself out. Off you go. And Naaman went back and he was angry. He was angry. I thought Elisha would come out and would wave his arms over me. Angry. This morning, you know, you've got little old Julian, David, you've got John. Well, I'd rather someone famous prayed for me or ministered to me. Don't miss the blessing. It's not about the container. It's about the supply. It's about Jesus. So what I'm going to do now, no time has gone, <clears throat> is if uh, I'm going to invite folk to come forward, and John and David and I, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for people to be set free. We're going to pray for refreshment. We're going to pray for more of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to have a really nice cup of coffee. And if you, if you don't want to be prayed for, you can either stay in the room and pray, or go out and have a cup of tea. That's absolutely fine. The kids come in and run about, that's absolutely fine. It's not a problem at all.
Margaret's just going to pray. Uh, just going to pray. <laughs> she prays a lot, actually. Need to honour that lady. Um, oh, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me, and uh, just come to the front. And uh, you just have a simple servants who want to pray for you. We're just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Fantastic. So let's do it. Thank you.